Welcome to the Global Digital Banker. My name is Adele Grissoff and this is RFI Group's Insight-backed podcast focused on key trends, thought leadership and best practice within the fast-growing and dynamic world of digital banking. Our Money Comp coverage continues this week with a number of interviews from Square, Facebook and Cabbage discussing the future of collaborations, diversifying point-of-sale channels and utilising data for business success. Guests include Mary Kay Bowman, Head of Payments at Square, Molly Pierce, Head of Financial Services Marketing for EMEA at Facebook, and Rob Froine, Co-Founder and Cabbage Head at Cabbage. Here's what they had to say. Sarah Hollinshead here at MoneyComp and really pleased to be joined by Mary Kay Bowman of Square. Uh, we just got off on stage together where we discussed the future of payments. Um, so I want to touch upon some of the topics that we spoke about there. So let's kick off with just talking about the point of sale. Is, you know, what is happening in this space in terms of innovation and is this a thing anymore? Have we moved beyond it? The point of sale have been around for many, many, many decades now. (laughs) And um, I think what we're changing is it was the point of sale. It was a separate experience from the rest of the shopping experience or the browsing experience or even some of the purchasing experience. And then there was this separate point of sale where the sale actually happened and the transaction happened. Mm. And it usually happened in store and face to face. I think where we um, see it going is to multiple points of sale. And even for a single merchant, or a single seller, that they have multiple points of sale. They have potentially in-store. They might be in the home of their client. That could be a point of sale. They could be online. That is likely one of their biggest and most important points of sale. And even on the phone. Mm. We forget how much consultation is done over the phone, uh, whether it's a mobile or a, a landline at this point. But those are points of sale as well. And so we're focused on really being bringing the payment technology together so regardless of the channel of that point of sale or how many points of sale are supported that there's a simplified experience for customers Mm. yeah it's certainly about offering that choice isn't it and the flexibility for your customers to be able to sell their product in as many places as they can and so it's about that multi-channel can you touch more upon the movements for international payments. So this is a big sticking point in terms of the industry has a long way to go before that's a seamless experience. What is Square doing in this space? Yeah, so our customers are sellers and sellers want to find customers everywhere. Mm. And that includes in other countries from where they are. So being able to take payments or being able to close the sale with customers from other parts of the world where the seller doesn't need to be an expert on what payments are are popular or what the implications from a cash management perspective there are, what the security implications of those are. Is there a PIN or is there no PIN? Is there a signature? Um, We want to take that out of the specter of our customers and we want to do that work for them and make it ultimately simple for them to do business with any customer anywhere. Mm. And we were speaking on the panel a little bit about blockchain technology and when this is going to become a realistic element in the ecosystem and you raised a really fantastic point about how long it's taken retail to respond to the internet. There is still stores on the street. So what is your viewpoint in terms of time scale to where we're going to see those massive developments in the payments world? Yeah, I think everything goes slow until they go incredibly fast. (laughs) And I think customers are at the center of that. When a product, whether it's a payments product or a cryptocurrency, when it actually starts answering a very, very pent-up need or a serious need for a customer, they're going to adopt it and Mm. we will follow them. So I think some of it is keep testing, keep trying, keep learning. 
about not only our customers, but the technical capabilities that are available to us. And then when it uh, starts coming together, be ready to move. Mm, absolutely. And we're obviously here in Dublin. Uh, you've got a fantastic presence across North America and the UK. What other markets are exciting for you that you're looking to? Yes. Yeah, so we see the need growing everywhere we go. And we think that uh, the need to simplify this experience for everyone is there. So we're excited about moving on into multiple countries uh, when we're ready to do so. But yeah. we want to make sure that we really get the product right uh, and the technology right so that wherever we go, we're actually doing a, mm. an amazing job for our customers and their customers. Mm. Well, I know the industry will be watching very closely as to what Square are up to. So just to close, asking every one of our fantastic um, speakers at this event this question around buzzwords. So a lot of them flying around over the last few days. If you had to really invest your attention into one of them, what would it be? And uh, if there's one that you think is just hype, what would that be? <laughs> one of the things that I think is becoming part of the everyday lexicon and is useful in everyday business um, that maybe was part of the buzzwords a few years ago is the use of API and actually mm. being able to bring multiple technologies together in a seamless integration and bring the best of multiple worlds. There are people who do cash management well and cross-border well and point of sale well and being, being able to actually bring those things together yeah. so everybody can bring the best experience to customers in as seamless way as possible in a simple and reliable way. So I think that API is, has really come of age. There's many, many buzzwords, many panels, um, <laughs> lots of regulations and other things, but where there's been a, a lot of talk about how to bring more gender diversity and uh, focus into financial services and technology and fintech all together. And uh, there's been a lot of talk about the pipeline and how do we fix the pipe of that. And we just talked about that a little bit earlier today. And I think, you know, I'm not convinced that it's a pipeline problem. I think mm. it's a will problem. And I think as soon as everybody really wants to reflect their customers and their society and their organizations, they're going to be lots of places for women to join those organizations. Mm, absolutely. And as an inspirational female in payments as well, I know that you're you're really encouraging that next generation of women so it's fantastic thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today thank you sarah joined by molly pierce of facebook thanks for joining me molly hi sarah great to be here with you today um so what are you thinking of some of the big themes coming out of money conf this year what, what's been exciting for you it's been really interesting to see the diverse spectrum of companies that are here. There's a total abundance of startups, specifically around crypto and blockchain. But I think the main themes are still, for me, very much around collaboration. There's a huge amount for the traditionals to learn from those startups, both from a customer point of view and also succinct proposition point of view. I think contact to the digital consumer is crucial. And you know, to, to do that, creating space for innovation so each other they can learn and incubate and, and test and learn. I think traditionally, some of the older organizations have been a bit afraid of failure but actually the tech startups showcase really well that you can learn so much from that failure and that agile approach absolutely and as you said there are so many different startups here and big organizations it's a great mix but you mentioned there around the digital customer can you talk more about what they're expecting from these organizations in terms of communication Sure. Relevancy is key and remains key. We live and work and exist and consume in such a fast-paced mobile world these days. So how will we 
cutting through that noise and being relevant for both customers and consumers alike. So we have to speak to them where they are and in the tone that they want to hear from us as a brand. So it's really important to think about what do we stand for as a brand and are we then communicating that? So I think some key questions are who are they, who are our customers, where are they and what are their needs? And if you then align that to what are products and your solutions and, and do those two things match up? And that really will help to gain advocacy from your consumers and the people you wanted to talk to. And you highlighted collaboration as one of the big themes and we'll actually be on stage together talking about that. You've got a really good viewpoint from where you're sat in terms of what each of these parties brings to the table in terms of customer receptions to them. So can you share more about what you think each side of the coin brings to these partnerships? Absolutely the incumbents, the traditional sense, the, yeah. you know, the, the retail banks, high street banks, they are steeped in tradition. They have a fabulous customer base. It's huge. So they have so much insight and intel customers have wanted up until now, and they have infrastructure that dictates their success. Um, the fintechs are really disrupting the market by showcasing that actually if you separate out a banking portfolio and say what are the propositions that customers want on their own so it could be a foreign exchange it could be an investment product they're really just going after one specific element of the financial services spectrum and they are totally owning it so I think the big banks can learn the excellence of customer experience and customer service from the fintechs and I think the fintechs can learn about building a long-term sustainable brand from the bigger larger incumbent banks. Absolutely and it's exciting to see real case studies of that happening now where each side is really benefiting and getting a lot of value. So I'll close off with a question around buzzwords so what ones are you hearing flying around that you think have real value in the ecosystem and which ones do you think are just a bit of hype? It's fintech, you know, everybody keeps throwing fintech around, but actually the sooner fintech and finserve, the traditional sense, can learn from each other and converge, the better the experience the customer is going to get. I think as soon as, you know, more so when we look at open banking and PSD2, those rails are going to converge. They're very much they're going to exist separately and their business will, businesses will stay separate yeah. but we shouldn't be looking them as buzzwords we should be looking at as one customer viewpoint and a holistic financial service that we're delivering to that customer mm. well thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today molly thank you great to speak with you sarah Sarah Hollinshead here at MoneyConf and really pleased to be joined by Rob Frowine of Cabbage, another international leader flown into Dublin this week. So thanks so much for being here, Rob. Thanks uh, for having me on the show. So you're here talking about scaling your solutions for SMEs and you've had huge success about this um, in terms of scaling those platforms and that business model. So what are the secrets behind this? What are some tips behind your incredible growth? You know, I think one thing is uh, data. And it's almost an obsession from my perspective. So I have an app that I look at. I I would be looking at it right now if it wouldn't be completely rude, (laughs) where I sort of track our volume literally multiple times an hour, every hour for the last seven years. Um, And and you don't have to be as maniacal as I am, but you have to understand how the business is going and demand that it grow each and every day. It's not something you just do uh, in a vacuum or you check it once a month or once a quarter. So being obsessed with your business is almost the route to success. I actually think it's one. But I also say uh, I will try anything twice. Uh, And what I mean by that is bring me a new channel, bring me a new opportunity to acquire customers, to bring data in that helps me understand them better. I will try it uh, and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, it's going to be for one of two reasons. One is because it doesn't work, it's not a great channel. The other reason, which is the more likely one, is you screwed it up. (laughs) So it's so important to get data back on the channels that you try and then fine-tune them and try again. 
and see if you end up with a better result. And then you have enough data, you have two points, you can draw a line and you can see the direction that you're heading. I love that. It's a real exploratory mindset to have. And obviously when you started this business, alternative lending was sort of how it was coined. I'd be really interested in hearing your viewpoint and how the industry developed. And should we really be calling it alternative? Is that word just completely obsolete now? So I did a talk about a year ago and it was called Alternative Lending is Dead. And it was, you know... I believe that was at our event in Canada. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a good point. It was at your event. So, uh, yeah, look, I mean, I think it's mainstream. You have players like Marcus from Goldman Uh, You have Chase that's uh, serving small businesses. You've got a multitude of businesses that are getting into this so-called alternative lending space. Really what it is, it's automated online lending. There's nobody that try to close their eyes and imagine the world in 10 years from now and doesn't think it's going to be fully automated and digital. So why not do that today? And so tell me about what's coming up with Cabbage. What's exciting? Any plans for further expansion? Yeah, for sure. Uh, We're constantly evolving our thinking around small businesses. And um, what we understand the small businesses, you know, utilize capital for uh, is they use it to manage cash flow. Um, So what you're going to see from Cabbage going forward, and we publicly announced that we're getting into the space, but we're getting into payment acceptance. Um, So we're going to help our small businesses accept payments at the point of sale, whether that's online or offline. And we're going to connect that to funding um, and really help them manage their cash flow over time. That's exciting to me. And, you know, what I love about Cabbage is I'm an entrepreneur by heart. And Cabbage has given me the opportunity to start like 20 businesses in one um, because it's constantly evolving. And and I think that's the joy and beauty of of starting a business, you know, from from somebody who loves entrepreneurship and loves new ideas. Yeah. Oh, and that's certainly under the title of Cabbage Head, which I know you wear proudly. (laughs) And it's great that all of your continued services are still around that main one goal, which is helping SOBs with cash flow and funding. Absolutely. And let me tell you uh, what I didn't realize and why I liked it so much with Cabbage Head, which is what I, we're not a big title company. Um, So we actually eliminated titles inside of our company years ago. Um, and so we might have a head of that or head of this or, or a function that we do. So I'm, so I'm Cabbage Head, which I really loved adopting because I, I understand in the UK that means you're brain dead. Um, so I think that describes uh, me at times well or how others describe me. <laughs> we got both sides of the personality with that one title, yeah. Um, and so just to close off, asking everyone here at MoneyConf uh, around buzzwords. So if you had to pick one that you think is, is really going to drive us forward as an industry and one that you think we should just get over, what would they be? So I love AI and um, also IoT. So I think IoT is really interesting in finance because you can change the very um, nature of the way you have the product. You can you can do it on a per use basis because you have thinking and technology and communications built into the very asset that you finance or the service that's being provided. Buzzwords, look, I, I think everybody talks about blockchain and crypto and and I do believe there's a business there. There's just, you know, probably oversized and understandable excitement around it. Yeah. And I think because people just don't understand what it means and how it's to be applied. So I think over the next five years, that'll become more crystal clear and, and people will become a little more focused in their energy there. It certainly seems like we have a long way to go in terms of, of blockchain. Well, thank you so much. It's such a delight to see you in Dublin and thanks for having a chat with me today. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Look forward to the next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. To view the show notes from this episode, head to globaldigitalbanker.com. To get in touch with us, check out our Instagram, Global Digital Banker, Twitter at GDB Podcast, or on Facebook under Global Digital Banker Podcast. If you're interested in being a part of the show or would like to let us know what you think of this episode, email us at gdbpodcast at rfigroup.com.